Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Specht. Hello. How you doing, Derek? I'm fantastic. You know why you're fantastic? <laughs> because I'm not here? Because you're not here. <laughs> when this episode airs, you're actually up in Wabakimi. Yes. Having a great time. Not thinking of any of this. No, absolutely not. Running from bears. Yes, yes, yes. Wrestling bears. <laughs> being eaten by wolves. Well, I wonder what the bears are like up there. I imagine they're a lot friendly. Oh, they're quite friendly. They're a lot friendlier than yeah. those down here. Right? Trust me. Yeah. You, you can go right up to them and scratch yeah. them. Behind, they, they like it when you scratch them behind the ear. Mm-hmm. It's the urban yeah. bears that you have to watch yeah. out for. Yeah. Because all the traffic and stuff, they get all grumpy and... Uh, <laughs> tell you. Just no, there's just no making any of them I know, happy. I know. <laughs> but you'll be up there canoeing from place to place after flying in. Mm-hmm. When's the last time you flew in somewhere? It's been a few years now, hasn't it? It's been a while. Last time I went, flew into Scarecrow Lake at Ishpatina Ridge. Up in Tomogamy, yeah? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so it's been a while. Mm-hmm. You're going to be canoeing from lake to lake, portages. There's going to be some white water too. There's going to be some white it's water. A lot of it's easy. A lot of class ones, class twos. There's a few class threes and there, I saw a class four on that list. So I'm sure I'll be portaging that puppy. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. Well, we're, we, we uh, Mike is bringing Willow. So yeah. we're not going to do anything, anything more mean than a class two because. Yeah. I think that's what he said. Yeah. Anything over class two, you guys, yeah. you guys line. We'll just line it or portage it or whatever. Yeah. 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 Got to go easy on the puppers. So. Well, you know, I mean. That that's that's exactly it. you gotta you gotta watch out for the dog because mm-hmm. you know something happens and everybody's just like mm. yeah surprising yeah. like if we were on a trip uh, with five six people and something you know somebody injured themselves oh dude uh, suck it up but if something <laughs> happened to a dog oh it would be horrible that would yeah. be absolutely horrible mm-hmm. like it's just as bad as that sounds yeah I know right <laughs> well it, it's easy to become more empathetic of uh, of our four-legged friends right it's uh, like you can it's easy to dislike people it's hard well, to dislike I think dogs. it's a communication because you can ask the person yes, how true, you doing true how you and doing he's rolling around what holding his leg you? yeah sort of thing they, they can answer you well it, it hurts but it, you know I'm but the dog just sits there and whimpers and whines those and you, you can't and, respond and you can't. because you don't know what what the issue is yeah yeah so you got to watch out for that. You're going to be eating lots of fish when you're up there. I hope so. Better be. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be good. Yeah. It'll supplement all the meals. Sorry, because because this is this is um, being broadcast while you're up there, mm-hmm. you're having a great time right now. Yes, absolutely. You're it's having so a blast. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's going to be amazing because it is a two-week trip. And so it's nice to get out. The, the, it, it's just to be away for that long. How many times you go into a local park or like Algonquin or whatever, and it's like you're on day three, and it's like, oh, the ringing has finally left my ears. Yeah. I can actually hear at night instead of that. Oh, those are mosquitoes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it, with longer trips like this, you really, instead of... Like three, four days in, it's like, uh, it's going to end soon. Now it's like, oh, I've got another week and a half to go. Woo. Yeah. So there's nothing like a trip like that. Yeah. Long trips. Two Amazing. weeks way up in the yeah. middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And like you say, I mean, you just takes a couple of days to get acclimatized yeah. to it. And all right, yeah. now we're yeah. in that routine. <laughs> we're going to get up. We've got to make this, we've got to make it from here to here yeah. by the, you know, by the end of the day. How long it takes us to get there as long as we're there at the end of the day. Exactly, yeah. What we do along the way, stop yeah. along the way. I mean, we've done that before on trips like that where you're like, ooh, all of a sudden you find the perfect fishing spot. Mm-hmm. And you hover there for 
Yeah. Ooh, we should have left here two hours ago. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just take one or two quick casts. Yes. Two Anytime more, you hear casts. that. Yeah, two more casts. That last cast. Yeah, just, just one more. Just one more. And every, every hardcore fisherman yeah. knows that's yeah. a lie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's that? What's that? Uh, the guy on TV. We did the live. Oh, detect. that guy. Jerry. Is it Jerry Springer? Oh. Yeah, the results came back oh. <laughs> after you said just one more cast, and that was determined. It was a lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ah, awesome. So, yeah, when you get back, we'll uh, talk about all about your trip. Yes. That you're I'm on sure there'll be right lots now. of stories to tell. Yes, that I'm on right <laughs> Man, now. You're on right now. While you're listening to this, I'm out in the middle of nowhere. Me, on the other hand, I went up to Manitou. Yes. Me. Manitou Lake in Algonquin, north end of Algonquin Park. We've always liked that area because no one goes there. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, you see people, but not hordes of people. Yeah. So we went on the long weekend in August, which I never go up to Algonquin Park on a long weekend. It's generally inadvisable to do so. Yeah. And I mean, my wife has a friend, Jen, and the two of them said, we should go. We both got the long weekend off and let's make it that weekend. And as much as I try to deter them. This is two years in a row now we've ended up. Well, last year we were up there and there was supposed to be bad weather. So Mm -hmm. a lot of people canceled and didn't show up. Yeah. So that was a bonus. This year was sunny, nice temperatures. So everybody and their brother showed up. (laughs) I was talking to the guy at the uh, access point, um, Algonquin Parks building, permit office. And he said, I think it was July 1st, long weekend. He had like the park, it's a big parking lot there. It was jammed packed and he had 65 cars up the road. Wow. Yeah. He had to par- had people parking up and down mm-hmm. the road. And that was all reservations. And that was all, well, you got North Tea Lake yeah. is there and that's a massive one. Manitou has, I think, 48 sites on it huh. alone. Right. So, and then you got bigger and Mangatasi yeah. and- and stuff through there and and whatnot. So there's a lot of lot of routes to go from there. But um, we yeah. So we decided we we're going to head up to Manitou because we've been up there before, and uh, it's, it's an absolutely beautiful lake. And like I say, there's there's two ways you can go in through Kiosk in the north end. But if you're coming up from Toronto, it's an extra hour and a half or so to mm-hmm. you got to get up to North Bay, across, and then down and. Uh, so I figured, you know, you know what, we're just going to go in from here. And, uh, so we hit access point one on Kauai Wayme. Oh, geez. I'm just. Kauai Mog Lake. Oh my God. That just rolls off my tongue usually until tonight. Mog. Yeah. Kauai Mog Lake. Uh, so we decided we were going to head in through there. Unfortunately. That takes us across Divorce Lake, <laughs> also Lake. known as North Tea yeah. Lake. Uh, this year we went in. So we, we headed up early Saturday morning. We were out of the house by 4 a.m., which was nice because it's three hours up. Plus, we've got to stop and, you know, you want to be on there sort of early first light sort of thing to make yeah. make a nice day, long day of it. You're not rushed sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, we headed up, picked up Tracy's friend Jen 
I had the 16 foot prospector and my Osprey solo canoe. So Tracy and Jen would paddle the prospector. I would paddle the, the Osprey made it up to uh, Algonquin parking lot was packed. We were on the water by 9am. Nice. Nice. Bit of a breeze, some cloud cover. Breeze was behind us. Oh, yes. tailwind. Yes, we had the elusive tailwind yeah. that people speak of. I it's, thought it's it was funny. a it's, it's, I know. It's so rare that I get a yeah. tailwind. It's like, you know, and when you do get it, it's like, oh, pay attention. <laughs> Make sure you lock this into the brain because it's so pleasant to not be fighting. A you know, it, was, it wasn't a big wind. It was a breeze. It was yeah. nice, cool enough to keep you, you know, from sweating sort yeah. of thing. Uh, the... The clouds were, I mean, there's breaks in the clouds, but if it had been full sun, when you're, when you're, because there's no, no, uh, no shade up there. Um, So the, yeah, so the cloud cover and the breeze made it nice. We took our our time paddling across the lake and uh, uh, Kuei Weimog is also known as Round Lake. Okay. And that leads into the, leads into the uh, Amable Dufond River. That's nice and windy, mm-hmm. and that's the one where you're paddling in. It's, like you say, it's it's windy and flat, but there's no shade. Mm-hmm. So if that sun's beating down on you, yeah, you're like oh, you're cooking. Oh man, like anything for a tree just to sit under yeah. for a second, right? <laughs> but no, it was uh, the one beaver dam we had to cross. Uh, I had already been pulverized, so there was the. That one break in it where everybody had been going through. Oh, okay. Right? Summer holidays, that's what happens. Or mm-hmm. summer. Summer starts and that's what yeah. happens. And eventually all summer long, there's the one path through the through the beaver dam so you can just scoot straight through it. Uh, there's two portages, a 135 meter and a 255 meter. Both pretty easy. Um, the rocky, the first one has a bit of a rocky landing. So you got to step out into the water. The amount of people I know that don't like stepping out into the water on a canoe trip. Oh yeah, yeah. They just yeah. like the they want to beach up or keep my they feet do dry. everything in their power to keep their feet dry. Me, I'm out. I'm in the water up to my knees or whatever. Yeah, off I go. Mm-hmm. Quick dry pants, whatever. Yeah. Um, so that's the first one, and it's got a nice end, but it's a quick little up and over and down sort of hill. The second one is, uh, it's okay. There's a lot of people. That seems where everybody bunches up. It's not too far from the first one. But it was nice through there, though. Nice, really nice paddles through there. Got done the second one. And then it was a really nice paddle across North Tea Lake. And, you know, Tracy saw it as nice, a little bit of ripple, but it was nice, flat, nothing like it was when we were there a couple of years ago. <laughs> Uh, she's okay. This is this is doable, and we took time. We were looking at all the big. There's a lot of beach sites and stuff like that. North Tea Lake has a lot of nice sites on it. Oh yeah, yeah. So if you don't want to make those extra trips up into um, Manitou or anywhere else, just pick a site on North Tea. Yeah, there's so many sites in there. Uh, like I say, a, a lot of the areas have, especially the north side of. Uh, I know it's the north sides of North Tea. And the west side of Manitou is where all the beaches are. Oh, okay. Right? But the south side of North Tea and the east side of Manitou seem to be all the rock. Mm-hmm. Yes, so, yes. Yeah. So if you're looking for a beach, you don't need to go all the way to Manitou. You can, there's some good good sites up on, um, on uh, North Tea yeah. to hit. 
Now, when you get to, you, you can continue on eastward down to far end of North T, and you get into Bigger Lake, and that takes you farther into the park. Or you go up from the, you go through the north, the west arm, over into the east arm, and out of the top of the, the north side of the east arm is, there's two portages into Manitou. One is a 410 meter, and that one is straight up at the beginning, then it flattens out sort of, and then it's straight down to Manitou. I can never remember which portage is which. Okay. And that's the one we took and nearly died. <laughs> it's the end of the day. It's hot out. You've been paddling for six hours. And then you got that thing. So which one should you take? The, if you're going into Manitou from North North T, the second one's hilly, especially on the last half and straight down at the end. There's a great waterfall to stop at it. And I think it's 585 meters. 550 here. 550. Uh, yeah, so... The one That's, by the rapids, the one by the falls. Take the one, one to go to the falls, and you can actually stop in the falls and check it out. Go for a quick swim, especially on a hot day. That's the one to take going into Manitou. And like I say, I can never remember which one is mm-hmm. is which, but it is definitely not the one you want to take out. <laughs> as, as bad as the other one is, yeah. uh, it's up a hill, then pretty flat, then down. That one is up a hill. A little bit flat, up another big hill, a little bit flat, up, down, up, down, up, down, and then straight down sort of thing. Uh, yeah. I, I, yeah. Take take the waterfall one going in and the uh, smaller one going out. Uh, at that time of day, um, they were pretty baked and we just said, you know what, we're going to gonna hit uh, a site. And I said, yeah, I'm... I'm I'm starting to feel it in my knees today. There's a site right over there. Let's let's take that one. We went over. It was empty. It was a good site. And and uh, we set up camp there for the night. Um, set up our, our site. Got the hammocks out. Had some hammock time. Collected some firewood. Set up the tents and all that. Tracy's, you know, she's she's been learning. Um, so she's she knows now there's, you know, we got to get the water filter. We got to get firewood. We got to get the tent set up. We got to get the chairs set up. We guys got the Helinox knockoffs, uh, certain things that need to be done. So, you know, she just automatically now just starts grabbing stuff and awesome. starts yeah. getting, do, getting, yeah. getting into it. So, you know, you don't need to tell her, okay, do this now, do this now, yeah. do this. She's just sort of, now she's at that point. Mm-hmm. She's just getting into it and starting to do it, which is really cool. Uh, well, yeah, we had some hammock time, started a fire and cooked steak with potatoes, carrots, and onions in foil. So we just dumped some, uh, we, we brought some ghee with us. That's that clarified oh, butter yep. that, so you don't need to keep it cold. I saw it at Costco the other day. You yeah, make your you, own, right? No, no. Well, no, we just bought it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we just have a small, you can buy the little containers of it. And yeah, so we get some foil and we put the potatoes, carrot, chopped up potatoes, carrots, and onions in that, put a little ghee on, on top of it, salt and pepper, yeah. wrap it all up, put it all over the fire and flip it a few times until everything's nice and soft and put a couple of steaks over the fire as well. And that was dinner. Awesome. It was, it was a good dinner. Then we uh, sat there and had the, you know, fire and stars. Stars were out huge. 
second day, we did some exploring. Went, we went, we did go to the waterfall. Now, every time I've been to that waterfall, there's been nobody. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I was a bit disappointed this time because I sort of um, built up how great these waterfalls were for, you know, go there and just relax. There's flat water or flat rocks to sit on. You can, there's a spot that you can sit in the water you know, it just comes over your shoulders. It's cool, refreshing. Okay. There's another spot near the top. Now, there's a big log that goes down the middle. Like, it's fallen, like, mm-hmm. as if it was going down the river but got stuck. Mm-hmm. So, it's now lodged in the waterfall oh, okay. top yeah, yeah, to yeah. bottom. Yeah. Beside that, if you sit in the water and back up so your back is right against, there's actually a hole under the water. Yeah. So, you can sit behind the waterfall. Oh, okay. Right? Cool. Which is really cool. Um, and again, there's it's nice and shady that you can sit and have a bite to eat. We got there. There was a family there doing some swimming. There was a group of six sitting around a rock drinking wine from a, bo- a box. Uh, there was another group about four or five that were, you know, chit-chatting, having some fun, swimming, doing that sort of stuff. There was a group at the top of the falls sitting around having a uh, some smokes and stuff like that. And then there was a group farther up that was doing some fishing. There, there must have been 25 people. Oh, wow. I've never seen anybody there. And I, you'd swear it was like Mew Lake, at, uh, Mew Lake Falls. Yeah. Provoking Falls there. Yeah. Like everybody was there. <laughs> and I'm just like, wow. Yeah, it's a busy this place. Is, this is a busy, this isn't the secluded place it used to be. Uh, so we got, you know, got dunked in there a little bit, got wet, got cooled off, had some lunch, nice, nice place to visit. And, uh, then, uh, we went back and like I said, yeah, we did some paddling and just relaxed and went back and had some more hammock time and an afternoon snooze, read a book for a bit and collected some more fireworks or firewood, not fireworks. (laughs) (laughs) Looking for fireworks, couldn't find any, uh, collected some fire, uh, firewood and whatnot and. Got the fire going, did some burgers for dinner, just a simple thing, and did uh, strawberries with the marshmallow fluff on them, and then just ate strawberries, because, you know, um, what else did we have? We had some other snacks or something, I think. But yeah, then then, uh, just enjoyed the night. Mm -hmm. uh, I think we were in bed by 11 both nights. So just two nights, eh? You were out Monday? Yeah. Yeah, went in, in Saturday, Saturday morning and uh, in Saturday morning out uh, Sunday. Monday. So uh, Monday, so yeah, day three we got up early, packed up and and headed out. Uh, we didn't, we weren't like super fast. It took us like two hours to pack up. So, uh, but by the time we got to North T, the winds were already picking up. <laughs> I saw Tracy's uh, report on Facebook about it. Uh, yeah, this she says she is officially done. Yeah. Um, with North T. And yeah. I said, oh, so like, you know, give it a rest for a couple of years. And she just says, no, no, probably the rest of my life. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> don't care if I see it again. <laughs> uh, yeah. The, by the time we got to North T, the, the headwinds were, yeah, they weren't tailwinds this time. They were, they were definitely headwinds. Uh, they were up and they were, they were starting to pick up. Uh, paddling the amiable Defond, it wasn't too bad. There were some gusts. What made it hard was when you're paddling solo. With the with the osprey, you can't get down on your knees to paddle. Like your feet don't fit under the the seat. Yeah, 
And so that, so you're always having to sit and paddle and then you're, you're acting like a big sail. So there's some of these big gusts when we were going across North T and that, that the, the gusts were hitting me and I'm acting like a sail and I'm paddling, paddling, paddling. And when I'm looking at, like I'm passing an island and I'm not even going anywhere. <laughs> the amount of force the wind has yeah. on me versus the amount of force that I'm putting on the paddle. Yeah are exactly the same. Yeah. So I am paddling in place. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh. And just at, at one point you're like, why am I bothering? Yeah. I might as well just stop, save my energy, and then just when the wind dies sort of yeah. thing. Wait but I mean, it, it, it was, you know, there was a constant wind, but then there was the the big uh, gusts that would happen. But we did, you know, it took us longer than we would have liked, but we did get to, uh, down the Amable Dufond and then back to uh, Mog Lake. Uh, and it was it had picked up even more. Uh, so I decided, you know what? We're going to place the two heavy packs in the solo canoe. And then the three of us will sit in the prospector and, and paddle. And yeah, that was so much easier. Uh, I was in the back seat. Uh, Tracy's friend Jen was in the front seat. And Tracy was on the floor sitting there and uh, paddling. And, yeah, we made it back uh, just before four. So it, I think it was like eight hours to get out. Oh. Yeah. And that was uh, that was because full on because of that wind. The wind, yeah. Yeah, it was just that huh. that bad. Uh, so, yeah, you know what? Packed up. We chatted to a few people on, on, the, um, on the shore there, and they were coming out going like, wow. And huh. uh, it's funny because there's this one couple there. And she says, we saw you guys paddling there. And we said, oh, that's the guy, the guy that was solo paddling. It looks like he hooked up with somebody else in a canoe. <laughs> and I go, and I said, that's my secret. I just paddle this lake trying to hook up with chicks. <laughs> so that, was a, that was a good, uh, a good <laughs> chuckle for everybody. Um yeah, so we, we loaded up uh, everything, got it, said our goodbyes and that, got a nice cold drink from the Voyager Outfitters that are there. Got a nice self a pop, which you guzzle just, don't guzzle a pop really fast. <laughs> <laughs> Acid gas burn. Yeah, yeah. And after about 20 minutes, we, we were leaving. There, there was a lot of, the car, the, the lot was like half empty at that point. Oh, okay. The number of people we saw going in though, on the Monday. Oh, actually, actually heading, the starting yeah. their trips. There was a ton of people. And they had a tailwind. <laughs> they had a tailwind all the way. We saw three people on stand-up paddle boards that were going in. Really? Yeah. There was a couple of canoes with them, but two kids and, okay, a, and so an adult. the gear was in the canoes and they, they, yeah. they didn't have a pack on the back of their side nope. paddle board. Okay. Nope. Nope. They were just paddle boarding along and mm-hmm. well, good luck getting back. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so, yeah, they, they were heading in. A uh, bunch of a bunch of school. I don't know if they're school groups because it's school the summer holidays, but young kids, like teenagers, mm-hmm. going in, and some of them were just completely being teenagers. Yeah, you know, woohoo! Ah, not caring, <laughs> weaving all over the place. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, they're out there. They're they're excited to be out there and and that sort of thing. Uh, we packed up and headed out, and about twenty minutes after we left. The rain oh, just yeah. started coming down. <laughs> oh. So you're lucky you got out of we there. We got out of there and packed up perfect timing. Like, it was so bad. My wipers were on full blast. Yeah. And I didn't want to be behind any big yeah. truck or anything yeah. like that. And 
yeah, we, we just hightailed it. Uh, you know what? Uh, awesome trip. It was hot, and we 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 wanted somewhere to go and relax and whatnot, and that's what we did. Because mm-hmm. even still, I I find it hard just to sit and do nothing. Yeah, you know, it, Tracy and Jen they were like, have some ha- hammock time. Go sit in the hammock. I read my book for a bit already. Like, gotta do something. Gotta do yeah, something. yeah, yeah. Gotta go collect firewood. Mm-hmm. Or putter, my yeah. putterer. <laughs> Uh, but you know, we did a lot of the sitting around and relaxing and, um, really happy that Tracy's, you know, doing a lot more now without having to be told what needs to be done. And, yeah. uh, she even started a fire. Now I'm pretty sure she started a fire on her own last year when we were in Tomogamy, but she says she's never done one on her own. Oh, okay. I'm sure she has, but I, I, she says, can I start the fire without any help tonight? Feel free. Yeah. <laughs> Pit's right Don't there. Let, don't let me stop you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, so she, she started up a fire and no problems and we cooked, the, we cooked our burgers and everything like that. So, uh, she started getting the tent set up and stuff like that. And I would take the canoe to the top of the hill mm-hmm. and then go back, grab my, um, pack and the other canoe and. And go. She would come back after taking her pack over, grab the second canoe and portage it over. So she's now actively portaging the canoes okay, as yeah, well, yeah. which she, that's sort of been one of her goals is to be able to, she still has problems getting it up on her shoulders. Mm-hmm. Um, just because arms aren't long enough to reach. <laughs> say, okay, here's what you're supposed to do. He says, yeah, but my arms don't reach. <laughs> we always call it Tyrannosaurus Rex arms. <laughs> <laughs> so. You know, so yeah, we have to just either stand it up. So I'll put it on my shoulders, like flip it up, mm-hmm. and then I'll lift it so that yeah. the end is on the ground, and then I'll walk forward a bit so she can walk in behind. Oh, okay, me, yeah, yeah. And then lower it onto her shoulders, mm-hmm. and then off she goes. So, yeah. so the fact that she's doing that now, and you know, that's been one of her goals is to be able to do that, and so she she that makes her happy. I will say, I would need a calculator. In order to add up all the people not wearing PFDs on that trip, the number of people I saw Hmm. that did not have life jackets on was astounding. Hmm. And if I were to tell each of those people, hey, you should be wearing life jacket. Hey, you should be wearing life jacket. I'd waste my entire weekend. Yeah. There was that many people. Hmm. Uh, There was at least seven canoes crossing Kuei Weimog in front of us. Okay. Uh, and none of them, all young people, none of them had life jackets on. And I mean, I'm talking one to two foot swells. Like any one of those canoes could have gone over at any minute. And they all just ripped right past us out into it all. And if something had happened and they tipped, I don't think any of them really knew what to do. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was just like, wow, just phenomenal. Uh, not much wildlife. Oh, we no? Had, no, there was a well, red there's squirrel. there's a lot of people, right? Yeah, there was one red squirrel. There was one chipmunk. There was three blue jays on our site. Uh, I think we, we saw a, a bald eagle. It was a really big bird. I'm pretty sure it was a bald eagle. But other than that, oh, sorry, we saw, we did see a beaver go swimming by. Okay. Jen was down by go. the shore watching the... The sunset. Mm-hmm. And then when she happened to look down, there was a beaver passing by. <laughs> but other than that, yeah, like no, no moose, no deer, no fox, no, 
Nothing. I would expect more squirrels and stuff even bopping around, mm-hmm. you know, because they're always fighting and stuff. Nothing. Just the one of hmm. each. Um, bugs weren't that bad, but that was because of the breeze. I'm <laughs> the wind. Yeah. yeah. Well, when I choose a spot, I, you know, we're going, well, where do you want to go? Well, it depends. Do you want a sunrise or a sunset? Uh, and depending which way the wind's blowing. So we were actually on a bit of a point and we got the good sunset uh, view. Uh, but the breeze was coming that way. And yeah, so it kept the uh, majority of the bugs away, right? The Saturday night, it died down pretty good. Like the water was like glass. And the mosquitoes made an appearance <laughs> for <laughs> about an hour or yeah. so. Right. Yeah, right at dusk. They always come out right at dusk. Yep. And that's the, I, I, I just get in the habit of, uh, at dusk, I just do something in the tent for an hour. And then when that's, when the bugs have uh, got chilled off enough, then I'll finish cleaning up tent or camp and doing whatever I need to do, right? Yeah. Yeah. But other than that, they, they really weren't that bad. Uh, it's clear, clear skies at night. The stars were phenomenal. Oh, like you get yeah, all yeah. the big constellations yeah. you can see. And then if you let your eye, like if you just, sort of look past the constellations, there are so many stars beyond them mm-hmm. that you're not really picking out until you start getting that focus yeah. past the constellations. And there are so many stars up there. It was like, oh. <laughs> like If somebody could haul a big telescope up there, they would never want to leave. I've always been amazed by the night skies up in the north end of the park. It's the south end of the park. There's a lot of towns and cities nearby that you see just a bit of uh, light pollution and stuff. But up in the north end, there's, I uh, can't remember the name of the lake on off top of my head, but it's got a big cliff on the north side of the island. And you just look up north of, uh, you're basically looking outside of the park from that point. And, uh, man, you just, you can hear the loons calling from lake to lake to lake. And you can see just a the whole sky is all lit up with stars and it's yeah. like, it's just amazing up in the North end. Just because it's so dark up there. It's a really good night sky viewing area. Well, you have North Bay in the upper corner, mm-hmm. but other than that, yeah, there's no big yeah. cities up exactly. that side, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, absolutely beautiful skies. You see the satellites, you see the mm-hmm. International Space yeah. Station, all that sort of stuff goes sipping by and yeah, uh, all in all, great trip. Fantastic. Nice relaxation. Yeah. Got out of the city. Uh, would have, I will say, however, when we've been on Bice Lake and it's been packed and you hear everybody okay, yeah, yeah. hooting and hollering and blah, 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 blah. Um, Manitou, where we were, there was, in that area, there's like 11 sites around us. Yeah. We didn't hear a thing. Oh, nice. Not a thing. Hmm. And that was like. Perfect. Yeah. So you could you could sit down on the the shoreline, look at the stars, look out across the lake, yeah. and you know you're hearing the frogs or you're the mosquitoes yeah. back in the bush and stuff like that. But you weren't hearing you know that campers the, arguing those campers or, arguing yeah. and those ones hooting and hollering and somebody over there. Oh, I'm drunk. I'm going for a swim. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that sort of thing, right? So it's nice. Everybody on the lake seemed to be having a good time, and uh, but not going nuts so screaming mm-hmm. or anything yeah. like that. So Manitou, yeah, it's a beautiful, absolutely beautiful lake if you're looking somewhere to go. I know why it is easier if you come in through the kiosk side. Oh, is it easier? Oh, yeah, it is easier to come in that way. Well, it's much shorter. I can see from the map. In front yeah, of the, the, only reason, the only reason I don't go through there, A, 
like I say, it's another hour and a half to two hours, depending, to get to it from driving. Yeah. Each way. And there's that massively long dirt road. Yes. Uh, and when you're coming back, you've got to cross Kiosk Lake. And usually the wind is coming from the left side, which means those waves are hitting you broadside. Oh. I've been, I've been caught that a few times. And you, so you end up having a zigzag, you know, tack into the waves yeah. and then with them and that sort of stuff. So it takes you five times longer to cross the lake. But other than that, I mean, if you can hit it early enough yeah. before the, the afternoon winds start, um, then yeah, you know, that's, that's, that's the way to go. If, especially going in, that's perfect. Now, Kiosk is the place where you've seen the pictures where I had the, uh, trailer, the small little utility trailer and three canoes on my truck. Uh, I don't think because I've somebody that. decided they would flatten both oh, my tires. Your trailer was in and, the bed of your truck. Yeah. And one of my truck tires. Mm hmm. And yeah, we had no choice because yeah. we couldn't fill the utility. I had the spare tire for the truck, mm-hmm. but we couldn't, we didn't have any way to fill the uh, other tires on the trailer. So we had to pile it all in. That was Kiosk. That's- Something just, just because you're, you're mentioning it. So earlier this week at uh, Canada's Wonderland, somebody, some guy wandered around the parking lot and slashed like the, ti- the all the tires of like 18 or 20 different vehicles. Really? They got them. They did get Good. them. Good. But, yeah. I, I don't. I don't know why people feel the what need is to it? do that. What is, I, yeah, I just don't yeah. get it. Yeah. Why? And, and I'm thinking, well, something must have happened. Maybe you know, somebody slid. No, they just let the air out of the tires. Yeah. Why would you do that? <laughs> I mean, I'm happy they only let the air out of the tires and didn't decide to slash them because <laughs> if I had to buy three new tires, especially one for the truck, yeah, that was pricey. But instead, <laughs> I just had to go to the gas station just and air and fill them up with with air, right? <laughs> so. Yeah, I don't get why people do that kind of thing. No, but you know what? Awesome, awesome three-day weekend. Um, definitely got some exercise. Definitely after that wind, felt it in the arms and and the knees too. The knees, like being, you can only change your position in the solo canoe so yes. many times. Yes, There's so many ways and then your knees are just feeling, yeah. especially where your knee <laughs> sits against the gunnel, the inside yeah. of the gunnel, you get that bruise. Yeah. It's like, oh. And every time you have to get out for a portage, it's, to, it's like, it's like, oh, I don't think my knee is going to work today. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think I want to do this anymore. <laughs> I'm just going to call it in from here. I got a spot <laughs> unit. I'll just press a button. <laughs> um, speaking of safety, you sent me a little, uh, or a link to an article. Yes. About stand-up paddleboard safety. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't really... So the perspective from this article, it was like, oh, I never really thought about that Mm -hmm. from that perspective. Because... So I saw this article and so they were talking about... uh, So if you find... You're out out somewhere and and it's like, oh, look, there's a stand-up paddleboard, free paddleboard, you know, you're out in the middle of the lake somewhere. But then you think from this article, it's like, oh... Well, where's the person that belongs to that paddleboard? So you, you, you kind of do a little, you'd have to do a little tootle around and say, well, where is the guy? Like, did he, how did he get separated or whatever, right? And so from, from this one here, they're saying, listen, just if you're out somewhere and you're in a stand-up paddleboard, keep the leash on. Because the wind, these things are so light. The wind will just strip mm-hmm. that paddleboard away from you and it's gone. But if 
perchance you just had it on shore and it got blown off your dock, this stand-up paddleboard is out in the middle of a lake somewhere, and there's going to be a response because somebody's going to be saying, where's the paddler? Well, see, and that's what this whole article goes into. He says, like you say, if you happen to see one, you go into this little, you, you look around the area and maybe you hail down a small watercraft for assistance and say, listen, I found this paddleboard. There's nobody it's here. just out here floating. And then between you and whoever's in that boat, you decide, you know what, we better call the uh, the, Marine the, the harbor yep. master yep. and report report it. And then, you know, minutes later, the Coast Guard, RSA, RCMP, because this was out of, out of Halifax. Yes. This, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of this is sort of a theoretical of what could happen. Yeah. Uh, Coast Guard, RCMP show up. They recover the stand-up paddleboard and commence a multifaceted search and rescue plan requiring invaluable material and personnel resources. Yes. And see, this is what the, he's getting into is like, it could just be, oops, it blew off. Yeah. But if you don't have that It ties up a lot of people's leash, time. And so because they assume that there's somebody out here to rescue. Right. Uh, when they say the, 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 the personnel resources and that, local authorities, nearby nautical clubs are called to see if anybody's reported a missing paddler. Local rescue volunteers and the fire department are called in to search the shoreline for a stranded paddler. Water access points are checked. Coast Guard vessels commence to drift pattern search. And I mean, when you start getting Coast Guard vessels, we're talking big vessels. Yeah, you're talking That's gas yeah. and people. And, yeah. You know, think about the gas in your car. Think about a gas in the ship. Yes. Right? Uh, and sure, if, if they're around, you got the helicopters going as well. This will go on for hours, if not days, until a harsh decision, taking various survivability factors into account, the search and rescues is called off. Had the paddler been wearing a PFD and a leash to avoid being separated from their board, this tragic outcome could have been prevented and we would not be having this discussion. But the unfortunate side of this is that during my stand-up paddleboard outings, I regularly see persons paddling without one or both safety devices. Now, when we were in Manitou, we were coming out and we saw those three paddler yeah. paddleboarders going in. All of them had a leash on. Did they? Okay. Yeah. And then he, he goes on to say, okay, so let's say the paddleboard happened to be on your dock and a wind gust tossed it into the water and drifted away while you were busy flipping burgers. Unknown to you, there's a full-on search going on. Unknown to rescuers, no one is missing. As stand-up paddleboarding continues to grow in popularity, safety practices will also evolve through lessons learned. As such, I encourage you to tag your board with an adhesive sticker with your contact information and emergency notification number. This will help preserve lives and rescue resources if no one is missing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we've even had the discussion about putting a, a sticker on the inside of your canoe. Yeah. Saying, hey, name, this belongs to, yeah. to me. Uh, here's my address. Here's my home phone, my cell number, email address that you should be able to get a hold of me to say, hey, uh, are you missing your canoe? And somebody will pick up the phone going, uh, no, he was out in his canoe for, yeah. on a five-day trip, and you just found his canoe. At that point, they know something's gone wrong. They have to start search. Otherwise, it's like, oh, yeah, we were at the cottage, and our canoe disappeared. Mm-hmm. Then you can figure out two plus two. Oh, it was windy last night. You forgot to tie it up. It's down the lake. I remember Mark Rubino telling me a story. He... Uh, he was on a solo trip. He was on the island site with on Burnt Root Lake with the uh, anchor on it. Mm-hmm. And he said he uh, woke up the next morning and he saw a paddler coming up the lake towing a canoe. And he's like, 
well, that man's towing my canoe. What's going on? Yeah. The guy says, yeah, I found it in a bay down at the end of the lake. Yeah. Is this yours? Yeah, that's mine. Thank goodness you found it. Yeah. So it's, you know, something like that out in the middle of the park could end up in a rescue attempt or, you know, or, you know, Mark would have had to go swimming, then he'd never swim down to find it. You'd no, he would have had to wait by. till somebody yeah. passed by and say, hey, uh, I'm looking for a canoe. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of stranded here. Even if you get your canoe on shore, tie it up. Yeah, that's what we do every night, even still. You know, we mm-hmm. tie it to a tree tie just in case. There used to be native legends that uh, there was little people that would mischief. People oh, yeah. That would. Gremlins. Gra- grab your canoe and yeah. throw it in the water at yeah. nights. And then the next day you'd find it out in the middle of the lake floating. <laughs> and it was just a mischief mischief uh, folk tale yeah. sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely something you should be thinking about uh, is wearing a leash while you're on there. Because if you do fall in and you're alone. Then you're not going to be separated from your Correct. paddleboard, Absolutely. or throw some sort of sticker on that just says, "Hey." Yeah. I mean, it's not going to affect how you, the maneuverability or anything of your no. stand-up paddleboard. But and if it's not in emergency, if it's just something blown off the beach or off the dock, somebody's going to bring your canoe back. Yeah, that's worth it right there. Yeah. So, just time to bring beer with them. Yes. <laughs> um. We've talked a few times about places that are starting to do incentives for helping to keep your what what do they, what do they say incentivize your usage of if if you help protect it you take more responsibility yes. for it yes it becomes yours mm-hmm. right and a lot of the the cleaning the environment cleaning the rivers and yeah. stuff like that spring cleanups you know, shoreline when you're cleanups. starting to do that sort of thing that you take ownership mm-hmm. of that river yeah. sort of thing and you and you get more into keeping care of it and getting out and yeah. using it and that sort of thing the hague they got this initiative that will allow people to spend up to 2 hours on the waterways making the city a better place they got the canal systems and stuff uh, there Recently, authorities in The Hague have announced the start of a new campaign which mixes water sports and environmental care called Clean Don't We Just Do It? Now, there is something, I think, uh, a bit of um, something lost in the translation. So go ahead, read the... uh... No, I'm good with that. Uh, it, fo- it focuses on promoting community cleaning initiatives by partnering up with a local kiteboard school to create a special offer. People looking for some fun in the waters around The Hague will have a unique opportunity uh, this summer to explore the city's canals and stand-up paddle boards, or on stand-up paddle boards. The offer will be available for free every Thursday from July to September, However, participants will also have to collect trash along their trip, making the Hague's waterways better. And that's the whole point, right? Yeah, we'll give you a free paddleboard. Mm-hmm. Your cost? Pick up some trash. Yeah. Doesn't bring some stuff take back. much. I mean, we do that when we were going up Duffins. We always taking the, the hooks out of the trees, mm-hmm. picking up some. Yeah. I think Ariana, when we went, we had like um, a bunch of balls and a helmet and bags and stuff. You just pick them up with your paddle dump in the front. Yeah. And there's a garbage can right there. So when we get back to shore, we just yeah, dump just it dump all it, out. Yeah. Right? Makes it look better. Uh, the trips last about two hours while people would be able to experience the city from a totally different perspective. 
while also doing the, some community work. The last point is why local authorities have decided to back the initiative. Apart from being a lot of fun, stand-up paddleboarding offers great opportunity to collect some of the trash floating down the city's canals. Kiteboardschool.nl uh, will provide the equipment. If you go to kiteboardschool.nl, you can see what else they, they offer. Waste in the Hague's waterways is a major problem. According to the expert from the municipality, Arthur Hagen, the main reason plastic ends up in the canals is wind-blowing trash from the streets. So maybe they need to start at the streets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Canal teams remove up to 120 tons of waste from the water every year. 120 tons crazy, of garbage eh? a year. Mm-hmm. The waste that is not removed from the water can sink to the bottom and breaks down into microplastics, which, again, has over the last seven, eight years has been a big, big thing in, in uh, environmental protection is getting rid of those microplastics, right? With this in mind, the campaign was created by the municipality aimed at promoting and getting people working to keep the city clean. It's not limited to city employees, but includes people who care about their neighborhoods and opt to be better in the environment. An alderman was quoted in a press statement commenting on the occasion, As a municipality, we do a lot to tackle the waste problem. Nuisance caused by litter is one of the biggest annoyances and does not fit with the clean and livable city we want to be. I think that's with a lot of places. Yeah. You know, everybody wants their waterfronts. They have one to look good. Well, you don't want to look trashy with like sh- abandoned shopping carts and tires and you know water bottles and plastic bags and stuff like that. It's just it 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 uh, you need you need to, you, to take ownership of uh, of the areas that you want to enjoy and yeah. not let this trash build up. And as we've talked before, is when regular old citizens take responsibility by yeah. doing some cleaning they they take more pride mm-hmm. in that in, water exactly as well right and they also get ticked off when other people are disrespecting it. it yeah yeah hmm. so ah, that'll be cool so yeah if you're uh anywhere near the hague and want to paddle some canals get a couple <laughs> hour free stand-up paddleboard time I've seen I've seen some videos of uh, so over in India there this is a problem it's uh, all these plastics yeah. that get in and and so they when they do have these mountain rains that cause these flash floods they're starting to put in these uh, so they're still designing it they're trying to build something strong enough because when these flash floods come through they uh, they're trying to design these screen filtering things to capture all the plastics and uh, they're they. Every, they have to wait for a flash flood to test the equipment, so it doesn't happen often enough. But yeah, so they're they're collecting tons and tons of of plastic and trash, just waiting for a flash flood. It all builds up against the screens, mm-hmm. the water drops and recedes, and then they have all these tons of plastics to remove. And it's it's a serious problem over there. Like you, you, I'm, anybody who's seen uh, any uh, some of these cities and some of these harbors, it's like oh my, it's there's a lot of plastic here. Yeah, we saw. Uh I can't remember what documentary it was, but we were watching, it was about India, uh, I think the Ganges and that. And they were saying like, in the towns that are along, they all have garbage. Mm-hmm. And they don't care because they know once the big flood happens, it all washes it right yeah. down mm-hmm. down to the end of the river. Yeah. So it's like, it's it's gone now. Yeah. 
Well, no, it's, it's somebody else's there, problem now. but it's just farther down mm-hmm. now. And yeah, they, they, it, it's a huge issue. So, got to keep them rivers clean. Yep, got to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of long rivers, the Nile River. Okay. A passion for traveling, a love for sports, and a mission to promote environmental conservation led Nagore Lopez and John Puente, a teacher and a physiotherapist from Spain, to paddle down the River Nile, making Egypt their first kayaking trip destination outside of Europe. Oh, be a nice trip. Yeah. Kayaking is our hobby. We like to travel. Plus, we wanted to visit Egypt. So much, so much history to see there. Mm-hmm. So he thought, why not mix everything and go paddling down the Nile? After re- reaching out to fellow athletes who previously took on this journey, they became more enthusiastic about their expedition. And with the help of sports equipment company Decathlon as their sponsor, the adventurous couple embarked on a 20-day journey starting from Aswan, in the south of Egypt to Alexandria in the northern Egypt. That'd be quite the paddle, eh? That would be amazing. Nice 20-day trip through, where'd oh. you go? Egypt. Yeah. What? Yeah. And that's what you think, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, we're going to Egypt to paddle. Um, yeah. Egypt's a desert, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the, com- the couple wanted to experience their first visit to the country in a unique, non-touristic light. That's that's a big thing I like is going somewhere and not seeing it as you're doing the touristy. Not seeing what's presented to you. You're yeah. going to find the the underbelly, the yeah. the off tourist sites. Yeah, uh, it is another way to know the country because tourists always come for the Nile cruise, the pyramids, and then leave without getting a chance to make relationships with the Egyptian people. Puente tells Egyptian streets, um, I guess that we believe. That by speaking to Egyptians, we get to know more about Egypt. It's a different way of getting to know the country, which is true. Mm-hmm. you got to know the people, oh. right? Oh, yeah. One of the recurring observations about the culture in Egypt is that they are greeted with immense hospitality and friendliness wherever they go. People say hello to us while we paddle. As soon as we arrive, many offer us tea, ask us, ask to drive us anywhere, and help us find a hotel to stay in. People have been very friendly. They're always trying to help us. Uh, and, you know, I mean, that's a lot of people that I've seen do these big, massive trips mm-hmm. where they are hoping to meet people along the way. Yep. Same all over the world. Absolutely. It tends yeah. to be that way yep. all over the world. Everybody wants to, oh, you're doing that. Yeah. Hey, while I'll you're stopped you here, while you're doing this, how can we help? Just like we, you know, we went to Ottawa and, yeah. and met up with the, uh, with the Arctic Cowboys and we, you know, took them around to get stuff but as well we went for dinner and yeah it was it was a it was a moment to kind of get to know them and that's what people are doing on these trips you go down the nile and you stop and people are it's it's interesting people want to know your story want to know your history and it's a it's an opportunity to get to know the locals during their trip puente highlights that the egyptian marine police began to accompany them helping them find places to stay in for safety reasons according to the police reasoning Hmm. Uh, up to up from 6 a.m every morning these early birds paddle for seven to eight hours every day completing an average of 60 kilometers 
Meanwhile, the environmental aspect is another significant part of their trip, seeing that people across the globe are striving to raise awareness on climate change and environmental problems. Lopez and Puente thought that their trip could contribute to these efforts. So there's a lot of environmental problems in Spain, explains Lopez. By paddling along the Nile, we hope to draw attention to the issue of plastic and litter in the seas and oceans. Mm-hmm. It's it's one of those things. It's uh, and I see it at my at my work, at home, whatever. It's you you start to turn a blind eye. It's those things that just sit in the corner and you forget about. It. It's like man, you know that 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 stupid empty box has been sitting there forever. And so you, so you grow a blind eye to it until something highlights it. So these people, this group doing the Nile, they they help highlight the fact that there is a problem and something mm-hmm. needs to be cleaned up and and it would otherwise have uh, been constantly ignored right so it, it's stuff like this we need more of it to highlight the issues that we want fixed in our environment you know like in the whether you call it climate change or or whatever you want to call it there's definitely issues with the water mm-hmm. and we need to keep on top of keeping it clean, keeping it, you know, garbage free yeah. so that, you know, not only for drinking and, and whatnot, but for recreation. Recreation, future generations. Yep. Yeah. 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 It can't, it can't end with us. Mm-hmm. So speaking of trips, odd question. Sure. When you're thinking of paddling, mm-hmm. do you think of canoe tripping more or casual paddling more? I never think of casual paddling. It's not a like I I will I'll burn many many hours of uh, a thought towards a, a trip and and you anticipate uh, issues that will be along a trip. But I never really think about that for a local trip. It's just like you pop out like we've done Duffins mm-hmm. Creek. I hadn't really. It's like yeah, I show up. We we do Duffins Creek and and so it's not like I contemplate it overly it's uh i find i find that i will sit there and go ooh i could do a canoe trip and then we'll plan out a 5 day trip mm-hmm. but it's very odd that i go oh wednesday after work i'm not doing anything yeah i can go out for 2 hours mm-hmm. or saturday morning if i get up for I got two hours to go somewhere before I got to be home to go shopping and go mow the grass and go visit grandma and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I can plan my trips, big trips, but I never really yeah, plan you don't put much day trips. into the day trips, eh? Yeah. You just do it. You just, just, yeah. Yeah. Or a lot of, a lot of the day trip stuff is somebody's going, yeah, this Saturday I'm heading out. Yeah, let's do it. Oh, okay. Yeah, whatever. Okay, yeah. I'm I'm good. Yeah, but it, just something I've been thinking about lately is I got to start putting more thought, in thought the local into stuff. local mm-hmm. day trip because I do enjoy doing the local yeah local stuff. Um, but even like coming home from work and oh, you know, there's like four hours till sunset. Yeah, I, I don't like go for an hour and a half. Yeah, or something. go for a quick paddle. Yeah, yeah, got to get more into that. But anyway, just curious. Hmm. Um, that's all I've got this week, I think. Anything from you? Uh, other than I'm not really here right now. Yeah, Derek's not here. <laughs> How's the paddling? 
It's fantastic. Wow, you wouldn't believe it, eh? <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Dinner last night, or that fire in Wabakimi. Yeah, oh, yeah. it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. All the fresh fish. Well, Ooh. hope you're having a great time. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure I am. Ah, uh, yeah, anywhere. Any, even a bad day off of work is a good yeah. day. Yes. All righty. Well, if you want to find out more about us, you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can download or stream our episodes at iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Player FM, and all your favorite podcast downloading sites. Go to the episode page at paddlingadventuresradio.com, and you can download or stream all our episodes from there. If you enjoy the podcast, please share it with your friends, family, and fellow paddlers. I want to thank Derek for calling in live from Wabakini. <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank everybody for listening this week. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Specht. We'll see you next time. <laughs>